Turn to your neighbor that's right here. Tell them that you love them. You're glad to see them here at church tonight. I'm glad you're here. Um, been hearing of, uh, I've been hearing of, of, there's a lot of sickness going around. Everybody hearing that? Schools, kids are getting sick. Is it like a stomach virus going around? You know, that's a prey. Uh, for people, we know people in our church have been sick and a lot of congestion. There's a couple of different kind of things going around. So pray for people. Amen. We need to encourage one another in the body. So pray for uh, those of us that, that we don't get this crazy bug that's Amen. going around. I, I'll tell you a, a very fast youth ministry story um, that has to do with that. While I was a youth pastor, this years ago, we took a, a mission trip to Arizona. And we joined with, I don't know, there was probably... I don't know, 10 or 12 other churches there. And um, this is in the middle of the summer, Arizona, you know, 90-some degrees in Arizona, Indian reservations, uh, some different things we were doing down there. And at that time in Arizona, this thing called the norovirus was sweeping down through the state. How many know what the norovirus is? It's a stomach bug you just, you just throw up for days. It was so bad in Arizona that the Arizona Cardinals professional football team moved their training camp away because it was coming down through the state. So here we take 20-some kids to, to Arizona along with a couple of hundred others. There's two to 300 students at this church where we're staying and we're going out and doing this missions work. And the norovirus hit the camp. I would say 70% of the teenagers there got the norovirus while we were there. So you got... You got 90-some degree Arizona heat. You've got 100 and some teenagers that are just throwing up. All, you haven't lived <laughs> until you've been in Arizona in the heat with, with 100 some teenagers throwing up. But, but, and, and as a matter of fact, they had this rule at, just as an organization. You couldn't leave students behind. So every day when we go out to do this stuff, they pack all these kids up in the vans, take them out. They just lay in the vans, open the doors. You know, it was just, it was just nasty. So, but our group... We grabbed our group, and we said, oh, no. We prayed. As, as leaders, we prayed. And not one of our kids got the norovirus, except on the way home, one teenager named Tim LeMaster got sick. And uh, he was the only one. Tim LeMaster was the only one who got sick. And actually, on the plane ride home, he got, he got upset. Stomach. But anyways, that was pretty wild. I said, I was just thinking about that. I remember all those kids. But one other thing about Arizona. The girls, they slept them in the church when the air conditioning. The boys, they slept us outside. And they had this, this pavilion that had some sliding doors. But, of course, it was so hot, they'd never shut them. So we were sleeping outside every night in this heat. But where we were, there were hundreds of these little yellowish-white scorpions running around everywhere. So every night, you know, we're all sleeping on air mattresses. Every night... And we're talking a lot of boys sleeping after, but every night the very first kid that would fall asleep, they'd take a mini bag of Doritos and crush it up and sprinkle it around that kid's bed because he was the sacrifice to the scorpions if they came that night, you know, just to track the scorpions and that kid. We just we'd give one kid up every night so the rest of us would be safe. So that's not love, is it? That was me. And I can't believe the youth pastors would let them do that. That's, that's just not right. But anyways, good memory. Second Corinthians, let's get into the word tonight. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. Now, while you're turning there, um, the prophet Isaiah, 
as recorded in Isaiah chapter 11, verse number 9, he prophesied that there would be time that would come when the knowledge of the Lord would cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. And he's talking about a finality when things are all being made new and that the knowledge of the Lord would cover the earth as the waters covered the sea. Uh, now, now we're, we're not at that finality yet, but we are in this now and not tension of, of the church age and the kingdom age. And we are working towards what is to come. Amen. So I got, I got a, a question for you. Is it a trapdoor question? Usually they ask you the question and afterwards they tell it's a trapdoor. I'm going to tell you before I ask it, it's a trapdoor question. How many of you would like to see now the knowledge of the Lord cover the earth as the waters cover the sea? Amen. So here's what's the trap, is what are you willing to do about it? So we desire a lot of things and we read scripture. Man, I'd really like to see those kind of things happen. Participation in the kingdom is what this is about. Amen. Uh, we have values here in our church that we live by faith. We value relationships. Our last value is we are rescuers. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, we're rescuers. Let them know that. Uh, we, we talk about our purpose. In other words, we are relentless in an upward relationship that constantly bringing inward change. We talked about this a little bit last Wednesday with picking up your cross and following Jesus and the life that that brings. And that results in being awakened and empowered to what? Outward impact. So both in our values and our, our purpose, we end with the same thing. What are we doing out here? Are we rescuers in this world? Are we having outward impact? See, God is in the business right now of rescuing his creation. You know that. Thank goodness, because we're a part of it. He hasn't left this be. He has, he has come to rescue his creation. How did he do that? Well, Jesus came. Incarnation. Christmas. Leads up to the cross. We, we, uh, if you didn't know, church counter, Lent has started. That's leading into Easter. Focus on Good Friday, the, the, the death of Jesus, Resurrection Sunday. These things are the events of how God is rescuing this world. Are you participating in the rescuing of this world? Are we rescuers? Are we having outward impact? Are we participating in this idea that we want to see the knowledge of the Lord covering the earth as the waters cover the sea? It don't happen just, just because we, we pray. We do a lot of praying, and it's good. Well, we can pray, 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 and do nothing, and pray, 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 and do nothing, and pray, 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 and do nothing, and fast, 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 and do nothing. If we don't put feet on the pavement to what we're praying about, our prayers are just prayers. Amen. And all the while, God is saying, okay, I'm empowering, okay, I'm leading, okay, I'm opening doors, I'm, I'm, and we're doing nothing. Prayer is the foundation of what we go from and do. Amen. Amen. Real quick, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 17, familiar verse with all of us. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. How many know that verse? Amen. How many believe that? How many of you are a new creation in Christ Jesus? Okay, a little bit of Bible 101 right here. The best way to read your Bible is in context. 
Don't cherry pick verses. Oh, that's nice. Read as the Bible is broken down now, chapters. Read books because big picture ideas happen. There's a little bit more that's going on here. And watch what, what uh, Paul continues to write then. Verse number 18, and all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. You see that? Reconciliation is right relationships being made again. So Paul connects, you've been made a new creation, that's great. Now you've been given the ministry of reconciliation. You've been reconciled, so part with it is now guess what? You're to be part of this process of bringing reconciliation to the world. It's nice to pull that verse out and say, well, I've been made a new creature. That's nice. It's nice then to be able to step back from it and, and, and feel good, find peace, find joy, to be know that you've been reconciled with God. But he doesn't leave you there. Paul doesn't leave you there. If you have been made a new creation, you now have been called to the ministry of reconciliation. For the sake of this world, you've been made a new creation. God is making all things new now. He's going to make it in a final way later, but right now. And you're part of this ministry that he has. It's called telling people about Jesus. It's called helping your neighbor. It's called helping those in need. It's called letting your light shine before men. Amen. Why would we do this, by the way? I mean, you know, one thing also about being a youth pastor, I always got the question, why? <laughs> well, why? Well, why? You know, okay, so I'm, I'm a why guy. Why would we do this? Because of love. Now, two weeks ago, Pastor talked about love. This past Sunday, Nicole talked about love. If you weren't here, pick up those on live stream, archive, watch them because they, they step into what we're talking about tonight. Why would we do this? Because of love. 1 John chapter 4. Nicole was there Sunday. God is love. God just doesn't have love. God is love love. You think, you really start thinking about that, it changes some things in your mind about God. God just doesn't express love. God doesn't do things in love. He is love. So everything that comes from him is out of love. So God is love. Uh, Romans chapter 5 verse number 8. And God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We, we respond to God because he, what, first loves. And our only way we can respond to him is because he first loves us. There's nothing in us that's able to do that without him reaching us first. This whole thing revolves on love. Keep reading in 1 John chapter 4. They will know us by our love. If you don't have love, you really don't know God. That's my paraphrase. You're really not in him. So why would we want to participate in the rescuing of creation along with what God is doing? Because of love. 
By the way, none of us own a move of God. We don't run a move of God. We don't oversee a move of God. We get to participate in what he's been doing all along. You see? So, so when Jesus is asked, what is the great command? Love the Lord your God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. The framework of the kingdom is love. So, why would I want to reach my neighbor? Because of love. Well, we, we can start somewhere else first. Um, why do I love my neighbor? It's, it's, think about this. Why would I love my neighbor? What, what's the reasoning for loving my neighbor? I love my neighbor because I have been saved. Period. End of, end of sentence. I love my neighbor because I have been saved. Period. Full stop. Don't put catch-22s on the love of the people around you. You can't say, well, I love my neighbor, I told them about Jesus, they didn't want it, so now I get to stop loving my neighbor. I love my neighbor because I have been saved. Stop, but then the, that framework of love then opens the door for the Great Commission in a consistent way. Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. But, but love is the framework. Don't, don't, don't say, well, I've done this and I've done that. And I've been rejected, so then forget that. We have this idea of shaking the dust off our feet so much that it leads them to stop loving, too. That's not what Jesus said. Right? And by the way, just, just think about the many times that you have needed the patience of God. And number of times that you pushed away what God wanted to do. Or maybe in the beginning of the times, you rejected salvation until you got saved. And thank goodness, love kept coming, kept coming, kept and setting up the avenue for the Great Commission. Thank goodness. We must learn to love. And by the way, it's not love that you conjure up in yourself. It is the love of God growing and expressing itself through you. That's what it is. That's why right relationship with God Helps right relationship with those around me. So this whole thing is built on love. I love my neighbor because I'm saved, period. Now what does that mean? What do I do because of that? All right. Matthew chapter 5. First chapter of this Sermon on the Mount. People said the Sermon on the Mount is kind of like the constitution of the kingdom of God. I believe it. Matthew chapter 5, verse number 14. And we all know what I'm going to read here, but let's, let's read it together. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle. And put it on a bushel, but on a candlestick, and give us light to, unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. 
Now, it's, it's not coincidence that, that Jesus starts to talk about this right after blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men revile you and, and persecute you and say all manner of, of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be glad, exceedingly glad, for greater is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. The persecution of following Jesus is met in being a light to the world. But we are called to the ministry of reconciliation simply because we're saved. And love guides this. But, but notice what Jesus said. That they may see your good deeds and turn to praise your Father in heaven. Again, this is action. These are things that, that we do. And we're going to talk about the words that we say in just a minute, but, but Jesus immediately at the front end here, he, he puts this avenue of being a light in the darkness to action. Now, last week we were talking about picking up your cross and, and following him. He set the example of how to gain life. You gain it by losing it, right? Well, in this way, he also sets the example of how to be a light in the world. God didn't try to do this from a distance. God himself came right in the middle of our brokenness and our mess as Jesus himself. It was action. He put feet on the earth and he went to people to bring the kingdom of God. In the same way, we are to be incarnational in how we live. Be being this light in the darkness is about what you do, not just the things that you pray. Again, we start with prayer, but prayer should put action to our feet. Amen. What good is the light if it never goes out in the darkness? If all our light ever does is shine to the people when we get together here in church, well, that's great. We have a big bonfire here. But what about when we leave here? See, we have, we have this thing that happens in Scripture. We see Jesus with, with this, the tax collectors and sinners so much that they accused him of being a sinner and a drunkard himself. Jesus did all the things that would make you unclean according to the law. He touched dead people. He, 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 was around, he was just around stuff he shouldn't have been, according to the law. He, he had bad table manners, who he was eating with. Right? Well, we see this thing in Scripture, then we go to Paul, and Paul says, well, hey, don't, do not be yoked with unbelievers, for what does light and darkness have in common? And he does, so, so we get, whoa, 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 wait a minute. And we see things like, well, we'll hate evil, uh, um, uh, do not love the world. We see these kind of things. What do we do with this? What Paul and them is saying is this, is that there is this, this systemic sin, there's personal sin, there, do not be influenced into these things, hate it. But as Pastor said a couple weeks ago, you should be in such a place with your walk with Jesus that you can take your light to the darkness, but it doesn't affect the light that is in you. That is when you get, that's what Paul's saying, don't get yoked in such a way, because what does a yoke do? It influences, it pulls. 
You can take your light to the world. You, your light can go to the darkness, but you not end up being yoked in, 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 in uh, influence. That, that, listen, that is our responsibility to live in such a way that we can fill the things that God has called us to do. Amen. So taking the light to the world is action. But, but I want to show you something that Peter said. 1 Peter chapter 3. Now, is, there's something that's interesting to me. 1 Peter chapter 3. What is interesting to me is, you read um, um, 1 John. That's John the Beloved, James and John. Sons of thunder, Right? Remember, they were the ones when the Samaritan village would not welcome them in hospitality. They asked that they could call down fire from heaven and wipe the place out. Jesus rebuked them. You don't know what spirits you are of, right? Now, later we find John writing, God is love. As a matter of fact, if you don't have love, you really don't know God. It's interesting to see the transformation of people in the scripture, the ones that were close to Jesus. Now, James's brother, according to Acts chapter 12, was put to the sword. He was a martyr. If, if James repeated himself and, and went to call down fire from heaven at that moment, I don't know if it did. It, the Bible doesn't say, but it didn't work if he did. We see something happening as, as, as these guys, the revelation of God through Jesus is happening. From, from uh, the sons of thunder, you can imagine why they were called. I'm not sure it was necessarily, a, 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 hey, this is a great nickname. It might have been like, hey, you guys need to relax. Sons of thunder, just take it easy, you know. Calling down fire, from fire from heaven to kill a bunch of people just because they wouldn't let them come into a town. To God is love. Isn't that amazing? And I think about because Peter, too. I'm going to read something that Peter writes here. Now, now, remember when Jesus was arrested? Remember, remember Peter draws the sword, cuts off the ear of, of the high priest, Malchus, right? Now, what's funny is Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record this, but they don't say who did it. John's the one that throws him under the bus. It was Peter. <laughs> Peter's the one that pulled the sword out. He lopped the guy's ear off. You know, it was Peter. Um, so, so Peter, again, he has an aggression here. We're going to take care of this, in the, again, the way that man would do it, right? Now, now watch what Peter writes later. Again, we see a progression here. 1 Peter chapter number 3, verse number 15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks the reason of the hope that it is in you, with meekness and fear. Other translations put that say with gentleness and respect. He goes from pulling a sword. Hey, if you want to tell people about the hope that you have with you, Jesus, do it with gentleness and respect. If you keep on reading there, he goes on to say, that way they can't use what you say against you. We live in a loud and cantankerous world. 
where it is just commonplace to put down and call names, and just because somebody's different to you or you don't like their affiliation with certain things, maybe it's, it's, it's politics or whatever, it's coming down from the top, it's okay to bully and call people names, that's okay just because they're wrong. And it seeps into the church. That how we think we are giving people the truth is coming across in a way that is not as pure rights with gentleness and respect. Let me tell you something. Somebody may be so opposed to you, so different than your thinking, so different than your box. So, and they could be, you could imagine somebody you think is just so opposed to God. They are made in the image of God. They are in, right now, in the, it has been marred. It needs restored. But they are in the image of God. Right? We must live in this world. Again, we, I constantly bring it up. But the fruit of the Spirit, my goodness, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. When we jump on Facebook, we don't like somebody, and we're just mean, calling names, putting people down. If you can't live, listen, you, you're thinking about saying something or putting something on, on social media, and you think about it, that's really not what gentleness and respect stop. Just stop. Remove yourself from the situation and start to work on the fruit of the spirit of self-control. And when you can respond in gentleness and respect, even when you're not getting it yourself, then you can get back in the fray. See, the good deeds of action are accompanied by expressing the hope that you have. For what good is it if it's not in gentleness and respect? And remember, G Peter, what? Jesus said, whoa, 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 whoa. In Luke, he heals the ear. Say, look, Peter, if, if this is the way we want to do it, I just call down to angels and we take care of this business right now. As a matter of fact, let me give you a little side note. If you're going to live with violence, it's going to get you, so just stop. Because everybody reaps what you sow. You may be the big bully on the block now, but later somebody's going to be the bigger bully. That's why nations rise and fall. That's the way it happens. Gentleness and respect. We, we, we've lost this in the church. Listen, you do not have to defend God. He's a big boy. He take care of himself. You are to share the gospel. You're to share hope. You do not have to convict somebody of their sin. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. Your job is to share hope and let him do what he's to do. Sometimes when we want to do that, we, take his, we try to take his spot. We shove him out of the situation. It's just not going to do anything. And we often try to convict people by being just harsh and mean. And you gotta, you got to hear the truth. and you just, I'm just going to be straight with you and just put it in your face. And, ah. and Peter's saying, hey, I learned that lesson. I, I, the sword is gone. I just, I, the sword, it's just, I put it away. Gentleness and respect. 
then they can't accuse you of being what you're not supposed to be. And, and if, they reject, if they reject Jesus because of how you're acting, that's on you. If they reject Jesus because of, they just don't want it, that's on them. Amen. What you did is you opened the door for the Holy Spirit. You just didn't walk through yourself. You see, you're, you're not God. Let's, let's not play that game. Amen. Gentleness and respect. So, actions. What are we doing with our prayer? Always ready to give the reason for the hope that you have. By the way, you have a story. You have a story to share. Part of that is the hope that you have. You share your story. Right? So, so I, I'm, I'm always prepared to just tell about the hope that I have. That's Jesus. What he will do for me. But then... A third thing is, and I'm not going to get into this, Acts chapter 1, the gifts of the Spirit. And why I'm not going to get into this, because pastor's got four teachings coming up on a Friday and Saturday, come and listen, he'll tell you about it better than I will. So, we, we got actions, we got prepared to give the reason for the hope that we have, we've been empowered to go into this world and be the witness, the gifts of the Spirit go with it. All these are led by the Holy Spirit. Right? So what are we going to do? We, we have to start getting eyes to see. We've got to start opening our eyes a little bit. We, we can live life that everybody we see is just a cog in a machine to get something done. The cashier at Walmart, the only reason they're there is to check my stuff out so I can go home. The only reason the doctor is there is to help me get better. The only reason the school teacher is there to teach my kid or teach me when I was there. The only reason, these people are just cogs in the machine of your life just to get you to where you want to go and accomplish what you want to accomplish. You've got to slow down and look. This is the image of God standing in front of me until I ask. I may not know if they need him. You see? What are we going to do? See, Luke, Luke chapter number 10. Luke chapter number 10. Verse 25. Luke 10, 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, Jesus, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And, and the guy nails it. He gets it right. And answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord of God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and all, with all thy strength, and all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. In verse 28, and he said unto him, thou hast answered right, do this and thou shalt live. But watch this, verse 29. But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, and who is my neighbor? So we hear this. Love your neighbor as yourself, the avenue for the great people. Whoa, okay. Well, who actually is, we want to start justifying? You don't get to choose who your neighbor is. Therefore, you don't get to choose who you love. We want to do that. 
right? And if you get to choose who your neighbor is, who are you going to choose? People just like me. They're fitting all my little, as much as possible, they're fitting all my little boxes. We were talking about this this past Sunday, right? So what does Jesus do then? He tells the parable of the Good Samaritan. This is his answer to who is my neighbor. I'm not going to read it. We're running out of time. Who is my neighbor? The parable of the Good Samaritan. A man is robbed, left to die, beaten on the side of the road. Two religious guys go past. Jews don't do anything. Here comes the Samaritan. And everybody knows Samaritans and Jews were opposed to one another. They were enemies. They had different avenues of worship. They were opposed in a lot of ways. Remember, James and John wanted to burn up a Samaritan town. That's how much they disliked each other. So the Samaritan comes along and takes care of this guy. Puts him up in the hotel, right? Takes care of him, leaves money to, to, to finish out the process. A neighbor is even a complete stranger that is completely opposed to your way of thinking, your way of living. That's a neighbor. And that's not who you would choose. And that's who you find hard to love. But that's what God is asking you to do if you know him. Now, we, we can think of my neighbor, well, it's just everybody. Okay, yes. So break it down in two ways. Break it down the first way in the people that live right next to you. That's your neighbor. You need to be doing something about that. But then step beyond that, then, is to the parable. It could be an absolute, complete stranger that you would not want nothing to do with. And if the love of God is in you, you will love them and pave the avenue for the Great Commission. What are we going to do? We want the knowledge of the Lord to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea, but it only happens if we really love our neighbor and want to do something about it. That's what it means to be a rescuer. That's outward impact. But we do it through putting action to our feet. We do it with, with sharing the reason for the hope that we have. We do it with the empowerment of the gifts of the Spirit. And by, by the way, if you keep reading beyond it, when Paul talks about the gifts of the Spirit, 1 Corinthians 12, he opens 1 Corinthians 13 with saying, and by the way, you can have all this stuff, but you have not love, it means nothing. Even the gifts of the Spirit are founded in love. But what are we going to do? Can't opt out. You've been saved, you've been called. You're in the deal. So again, if, if, if a, a lawyer, a teacher, manager at Kroger, if the people on your Facebook page, if the homeless guy on the corner of the street, If the woman who's down on her hope and she's caught up in prostitution. You may know them or they may be a stranger. But do you consider them your neighbor? And do you love them? 
we, we all desire great things. We desire God to do wonderful things. But we have to be a part of this process. You've got to take your light to the world. This light that you're not supposed to hide. Jesus is not your personal Savior. You don't get to hide him and keep him to yourself. You know? The moment you get saved, you get shoved out into the body of Christ anyway, so it's not about you. Then, then once you realize that, they say, oh yeah, now we got to go bring more people in. Adopt more people into this body. See, this, this, you can see this light, but it's okay, but if we hit, if, if this was dark, I mean, dark, dark in here. If this really was the darkness, this thing would light up pretty good in here. So it's okay to have your fire lit in this church. But the light works better when you're out in the darkness. Amen. So, trap door question. We all want to see the knowledge of the Lord cover the earth as waters cover the sea, but... Are we going to participate in this rescuing operation that God is doing in this world? With gentleness and respect. I can't say that enough. With gentleness and respect. Push over? No. Gentleness and respect? Yeah. You can be strong and be gentle. Be strong and be respectful all day long. How many of you want to, want to take this out to the world? Anybody? Who would be with me? Anybody? Anybody? Our pastor travels overseas. You saw a video tonight. What are we going to do here? He's taking care of business over there. Thank goodness. I don't want to go there. What are we doing here? Amen? Let's pray. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that you have saved us that your light shined to us when we were in the darkness. And I pray this fire is lit inside of us and it burns in such a way we want to take the light to the world. To our neighbors, to our neighborhoods, and our families, our workplaces, the people we encounter, Lord, that you just inter interrupt the, 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 just the, the, the normal things of our life. You interrupt us. You send us on missions. Lord, if it's sharing that hope, if it's paying for a meal out of your love, if it's helping somebody when they're down, if, if it, it is the willingness to walk with somebody through the brokenness of their life, that we are the incarnational living now in the way that you became the incarnation to save us. Lord, I pray that the gifts are stirred up in us, the gifts of the Spirit. I pray, Lord, that, that every opportunity we have, we're doing everything that we can to open the door for you to do what only you can. For your glory, for your glory, we pray these things. I want you to think right now of names of people, your neighbors, your family members, people where you work, 
You don't have to go meet a stranger now. There's plenty of people you know. What can you do? People that have been walking with God at one time, and they've, they've departed, they've, they've walked away. For whatever thousand reasons that could be, what are you going to do? I want you to make a commitment in your heart you're going to do something. Whatever it is, you will just do something. If it's just offering to pray with them, if it's starting to send them an encouraging text, a Bible verse, if it's inviting them out to church, what, what's, what is something that you can do? Commit to something. Make some plans, work the plan. Amen. Amen.